You have reached the voicemail box of Game Thing Season 3 Simulators. You have 18 new messages. Sunday, the 20th of November at 12:38 p.m. Hey Pippin, it's David. I have our next and I guess my final selection for Game Things Revival Return Season, all that simulators. And I've been thinking about um, how many simulators seem to be about literal, physical, mechanical systems and how often I'm, as you know, you've been going with me, I'm trying to think of ways to twist that and sort of find surprising picks, things that are uh, not about vehicles. And so I was really torn. And uh, where I've landed is, I think we should play a Sid Meier game. Um, He's someone who's pretty super influential to modern games, or maybe at least sort of steered the wheel to where it is today, if his influence is not exactly being felt today. And... uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about simulators as far as, like, their ways of making us think about agency in our world and sort of how we try to do good and how are our hands tied today and where are we being forced. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just say it. Uh, so I want us to play Sid Meier's Colonization, which I think is something of a a deep cut from uh, his catalog. I know it's not the first one that usually comes to mind uh, for me, probably not for you, probably not for most players of Sid Meier games. Uh, So Sid Meier's Colonization, what a title, uh, was uh, developed and published by Microprose in 1994. And I should say Sid Meier was not the only one who worked on it. He was one of a handful of other designers. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just like to get things in motion and we can get a little bit deeper into it. Uh, Let me just read from the manual really quick. So, colonization puts you in the role of viceroy of the new world. You are sent by your king and country to establish colonies in the newly discovered Americas that lie to the west. You face many of the same challenges that faced colonial organizers of the time, competition from old world powers, strange native cultures, the problems of establishing profitable trade programs, and the problems of organizing an army from a ragtag band of colonists. Uh, That's verbatim from the manual again. So, uh, I mean, I think it's interesting in a lot of different ways. I think it's interesting to go back and play old games and sort of, again, sort of be confronted with how we've been coddled by, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, by games. I've played a little bit. This is definitely not one you can just dive in and play and check out. Um, But I'm also sort of interested in the way games in general and simulators can sort of dispassionately depict realities without really commenting on them and is that appropriate or not so we did Oregon Trail we did Alter Ego this is sort of a mirror of that I'm sorry for the U.S. focus for this but I'm curious you know uh, your take as an educator as an adult in a world that's really changing I mean you know I'm curious to hear what you make of this Monday the 21st of November at 1.21 p.m. Hey, David. Ooh, okay, well, this game stresses me out instantaneously, uh, but does provoke me to do something I've been thinking about throughout the season, which is to acknowledge that I'm recording on unceded indigenous lands 
here in Montreal or Jochage, and that the Ganyan Gehaga nation is recognized of the custodians of the lands and waters here. Um, and wherever you hear this, it's very possible that you're on unceded indigenous lands too. Uh, I grew up in New Zealand, where the Maori are the indigenous population. Uh, here in Canada, um, there are, of course, many native peoples. And the history there is, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where to begin. I, I probably can't begin, and I'm not an expert. Uh, but my mind cannot go anywhere else uh, with a game like this, uh, and that's what I'll be looking at, um, as well as the idea of, of this being a simulation. So the game is in some ways intended as a follow-up to the success of civilization, uh, but with a sort of a much more serious, I guess, historical approach, trying to kind of recreate or explore um, paths that a particular kind of history took. Uh, but, of course, that idea of a, you know, a dispassionate depiction of reality without comment, um, as you said uh, in your opening message, of course that's not possible. Um, and we've been talking about, about that thing throughout this season, um, the idea that simulations have assumptions embedded into them that are unavoidable, maybe especially simulations. Uh, and colonization is no different. And they engage in their own kind of, I guess, simulation washing, <laughs> where they try to pretend that there's no bias here or no um, no preferences. So they say, quote from the uh, manual, in colonization, you have the chance to change history. As a colonial power, you decide the policies, you make the plans, you choose what is important and what is insignificant, end quote. Except that that's Nonsense, right? Because they have a really detailed scoring system, uh, and you can win or lose the game. Uh, you win the game by declaring independence from your sovereign nation, uh, and your points are, you know, they're based on all kinds of things. We can, we can get into that later. Um, so there's, there's plenty of assumptions, uh, and the majority of those assumptions are baked into the gameplay, right? So let me, let me conclude with some quotes from, uh, the game site at Strategy Wiki. Quote, many benefits come from attacking Indians. First, you get treasure. Second, if you have a mission in the village you're attacking, there's a big chance they will join you as converts. Third, attacking Indians is the easiest way of training your soldiers. Fourth, free land. So, just before the War of Independence, kill all the Indians you can find. Monday, the 21st of November, at 1.56 p.m. Hey, Pepper. Um, it's David. Sorry to make you squirm. Um, yeah, I really wrestled with what to pick next and sort of last, and I think, at least from like what I'm interested in simulators and what we've been learning, this felt like an appropriate, though definitely very icky choice. Um, <laughs> simulation washing, what a great way to put it. Uh, <clears throat> so it occurred to me, you know, I wrestled with what to pick, and then it occurred to me, this should be an extra squirmy week because we're going to be playing this uh, not only the week of my birthday, uh, Wednesday, but Thursday is uh, American Thanksgiving, and then Friday is what my calendar calls Native American Heritage Day. Uh, so a lot to think about and a lot that's sort of not, quote, just a game uh, as we're playing it and thinking about it in real time. And I'm glad you mentioned... <clears throat> 
the the uh, <laughs> some of the terseness, matter of factness that's in the strategy guides around this. I was poking around in game facts the other night, and uh, there's just something about our gaming ancestors just writing as a as a as a sentence in itself. In a you know, here's how you play. Here's how you win. Here's how you quote beat the game or whatever. Where it just says, "Hey, killed the Indians," um, almost verbatim. I saw that in so many of these different quotes. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, uh, I've been playing this uh, through. Like, I think of this as sort of like Animal Crossing, but with all the ugly bits uh, on full display that that series tries to typically hide from us. So. I've been playing sort of just curious, like, the the manual we've been quoting from sort of, I think, wants you to play through wargaming, trying to figure out why do we live in the world we live in today, and the powers that are the powers predominate, and the ones that aren't, aren't. Uh, I've been playing, <clears throat> attempting to play as sort of a pacifist run uh, as the Spanish, and I've made one colony uh, in... That, that didn't take up any native tribe land. Uh, the game wanted to call the uh, colony Isabella. I couldn't figure out how to change it, so that's what I'm stuck with. And I wonder if what I'm going to be stuck up stuck with, I don't think I'm stuck up, I wonder if I'm, what I'm going to be stuck with is this dynamic where, so last night the Dutch came and said they rightfully owned the land I was on and said, will you sign a treaty of peace? And I said, no. And they said, well, will you withdraw? And I said, no, and war was declared. And I panicked and was like, all right, well, that's enough for one night. Let me see how this plays out. So I'm kind of curious, like, what flexibility is there and how much intentionality can I have? Like, I suspect in a game called Colonization, there's only so far I can go uh, where I want to go. But I'm really curious just to see where this takes us and what the conversation leads to. So, all right, Pippin, uh, buckle up. This is DW. Monday, the 21st of November, at 4.24pm. Hello, Colonist Wilinski. It is Colonist Pippin James Barr uh, here. I have discovered the new world. It was exactly one tile to the left of where my uh, caravel started on the ocean, which was convenient. Uh, and as soon as I did discover the new world, I landed on the first bit of land I found, and the local indigenous people there, uh, the Arawak tribe, immediately showed up and gave us the land we landed on, um, which turns out to be on a little three-tile island, which has one of their villages, uh, one tile of forest, and one tile that they gave to us. And I was initially kind of disappointed by that setup, but as, the more I play this game, the happier I am with this kind of cozy arrangement that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make work. Uh, the first thing that happened is that the game, of course, you know, is looking for conquest and development. So when I went onto the forested square, it wanted me to cut down the lumber so I could use it, uh, at which point the indigenous people, the Arawak tribe, asked me not to, and I didn't. Um, but there was this menu option there, which was to ignore them, and the ignoring option was just the elongated word, TIMBER, which makes me think about the ways that a game like this might try to hide some of the many horrible things that are involved in colonialism behind some kind of um, childish comedy. 
something to be on the lookout for. Um, so as it turns out, the Arawak um, have only been helpful um, mechanically, which, you know, in some ways is the way that matters, right? Um, they have brought us sugar on multiple occasions, which is uh, something I can sell back to the English. Uh, they taught one of my people to be a master fisherman. Um, and yet, despite that, narratively or on the surface, they're portrayed as threatening. So if I go into their village, um, I see, quote, as they wave to you happily, you notice a collection of scalps hanging threateningly from a nearby tree, end quote. Right? So they're immediately a threat, despite the fact that they've done absolutely nothing uh, to earn that. Uh, but the happy waving does make me think of the total absence of any representation of happiness uh, for my people, because I, I, I've been treating this game as an opportunity to start a small community um, that is, you know, trying to be happy. Uh, but really, the game is all about survival and economics, right? Which is unsurprising, because economics is it's a it's a solid way to model a world. Uh, but it is a worldview, right? As in game theory, as as much as game design. Um, and one funny thing along those lines I'm sure you've noticed is the way that you develop independence literally as if you were fishing for it or farming it. Um, it's just another resource that you, that you build in the town hall, um, which you know, shows you how limited the vision of this is in terms of grappling with these important concepts. Um, but I've got my, my little pattern down now. I fish to make sure we don't die. I sell what I can. Uh, I get along with the locals, and that's it. Monday, the 21st of November, at 5.20pm. Hey Pippin, that's uh, interesting you're pointing out the lack of uh, happiness, uh, or indeed the pursuit of happiness, right, as sort of a, a thing manifesting in the simulator. Because uh, is the point of colonization here to be happy, or do we want to you know, take over some other people's land and claim it as our own or kick them out of our land, uh, which I don't think is uh, <laughs> good for anyone. I want to uh, circle back. I'm going to spend more of tonight before bedtime playing. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this pacifist run idea. Um because that's the thing, right? It's sort of the the hair I'm splitting here. Um, <clears throat> it, 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 this is a game about being complicit, right? In certain things you set into motion that maybe you can't even fathom. And <laughs> I notice you're trying to coexist peacefully with the, the natives, as I have. I mean, are you attempting a pacifist run is something like that even really possible here uh or are we just sort of lying to ourselves or uh how are you going to be going about your your first run here so uh <clears throat> you had texted me this morning um which version of colonization was i talking about and playing so i'm going to start off and try to play through the 1994 version although you have the completely other optional uh, path to check out the uh, more recent, I think, 2008 version. I'm going to be interested to sort of contrast these to sort of, you know, give a bit more texture to our discussion. But uh, yeah, let me know in the comments below. Um, thanks, Pip, and bye. Tuesday, the 22nd of November at 12.43 p.m.
Tuesday, the 22nd of November, at 3.37 p.m. Greetings, Viceroy Walensky. I am also playing the classic version of the game, and I wish you luck with the 2008 version. I don't think I've got the stamina uh, to play another version of this game. Um, I think we are playing pretty similarly, um, and similarly against the grain. I think I'd describe the way I'm playing as a kind of peace and quiet approach, rather than pacifist necessarily, uh, because all credit to the game, it really hasn't required me uh, to fight any, anybody and to therefore say, you know, that goes against my values. It's like, if you don't start anything, at least in my experience of this run, um, nothing happens. Um, so my playing boiled down to having a single colony, as I said, on land gifted to me by the Arawak tribe. Uh, everybody was pretty much a fisher, so we were fishing up a storm. Uh, we had enough food to eat, thanks to that. And then we also were producing fine coats that we would sell in England. And we would also produce Liberty Bells, which are these weird um, kind of the material that you produce to increase your population's desire to declare independence. Um, so that's how that, that whole mechanic of declaring independence, which is the central point of the game, um, is achieved via Liberty Bells. Uh, so over time, uh, eventually 90% of the colony wanted independence, and in retrospect, foolishly, uh, but with curiosity, I did so. <laughs> and one of the great things about this game is that there is a menu, the game menu, uh, which is the main menu, and it contains these options, game options, colony report options, sound options, pick music, save game, load game, declare independence, retire, exit to DOS. Uh, very meta uh, way of thinking about declaring independence. Um, I love that it's in that menu. Uh, what happened? Well, the king sent an army and they completely destroyed our colony. And it was the end of the game and I got a low score uh, because I was not, um, you know, wasn't a world power and got beaten up by the king. So my thoughts for the next playing of this game is mainly don't declare independence <laughs> and see how long I can go just fishing uh, and screw the coats too. Um, I'm just going to fish, no more liberty bells, and try and live beneath the king's notice. Uh, that's me. Uh, how about you? I, did, have you survived um, so far or did you get squashed by the king or some other colonial power? Uh, also, should we talk about the actual declaration of independence from your country at some point? Seems relevant. Bye-bye. Wednesday, the 23rd of November, at 10.37 a.m. Hey, Pippin. Uh, today I turned 40, so everything we're going to talk about on the podcast from going forward is going to be mature and important, and I'm sorry for my youthful... Uh, indiscretions earlier in the run. So lots of things to talk about. I'm going to try to pack it in pretty quickly, um, mainly because I don't know when I'm going to start coughing, as I have been in the mornings, and I don't want to do that to you, and I'm sorry for even <laughs> mentioning it. So uh, peace and quiet is a very good way to describe this uh, approach to playing. I don't think it's tenable. Uh, I haven't declared independence yet. 
but I have been, and I do want to talk about the Declaration of Independence. Is, uh, so that's a little bit of homework, I think, for both of us. Because um, <clears throat> I haven't thought about Christopher Columbus since, like, elementary school. <laughs> and so I have to sort of read up on, uh, on uh, the, you know, what was going on there. I remember spices being of some import, although I have not been sending spices home to the king. Uh, I've been sending cotton and coats, and I have been first unintentionally and then later quite intentionally, uh, first unintentionally and then later intentionally, yeah, uh, thumbing my nose at the king who dares to insist on levying a 1% tax on me. First, I didn't understand what was going on in the menus because it said uh, the king was asking for a uh, 1% tax because uh, his daughter is getting married and wanted to raise money for the wedding. And it was given two options. One, kiss the ring. Two, throw a food party, which I thought meant, like, throw a big festive Epicurean feast in honor of the king's daughter. And instead I dumped uh, 100 units of food <laughs> into the ocean and then uh, cost myself the ability of trading food back home to the... Um, to the Spanish, and then later something like that happened, and I, uh, you know, quite intentionally was like, oh, well, I don't want to, how dare you charge me 1%, because I think I'm barely scraping by here, and my version of barely scraping by is I've resisted declaring independence, because I figured something like that would happen, and I love the way that it shows up in the menu, I'm glad you mentioned that, so the, the insistence, like, I feel like the game is very egging me on to declare independence. Uh, it went from 31% in one turn to 67% in the next turn, and all I feel like I'm doing is moving the pieces around the board. I wonder how my settlers are eating. I wonder how they're doing, because I feel like, um, although I've avoided declaring independence, I feel like the walls are closing in on me, uh, I think I have two colonies now because I've been such a good peace and quiet player that I've tried to avoid rankling anyone. And what I've found is the Dutch keep bribing me to not attack them. Uh, the Iroquois keep giving me gifts for living peacefully. Uh, uh, and then uh, I made allies with the Aztecs, too, for my peaceful ways. Uh, the Tupi love me, too. Uh, the indigenous tribes are sharing knowledge with me. They're training my men. They're letting me know about the map. Uh, but I'm still not quite sure. I'm playing on Steam Deck, remember, and so the controls don't quite map 100%. I'm still trying to figure it out. It took me... Uh, a wild amount of time to figure out how to even move my units around, which I realize you just sort of have to drag and drop from each individual unit. But I feel like my playstyle here is still generally peace and quiet, and through largely some fault of my own, I'm not provoking much because I can't seem to do much. I'm exploring the map, and I'm and I'm trading crops back and items back uh, with the king as I can. Uh, but I wonder if like morally I'm being compromised here because I'm just letting everyone pay me to leave them alone. 
<laughs> is this really like a community or is this really what declaring independence is all about or indeed is that really the point of what's going on here i think i think my hand is going to be forced because the tories are coming and you know this great little neighborhood i found which was already filled with people is filling up with uh uh Wednesday, the 23rd of November, at 3.59pm. Happy birthday to you. Hey David, happy birthday. I am not going to continue that, uh, that line of singing. Um, there are so many things to say about this game um, that are generated by playing it um, the way that we're playing it, which is the wrong way and in, in a major sense uh, that we're not engaging with a ton of the systems, I guess. Uh, but it really highlights some of what those systems are. And if I'm just going to pick one thing, um, I'll say that in my more recent playing uh, where again I'm pursuing you know this peace and quiet approach of of not really engaging with anything as much as possible. The you you get all of these dialogue boxes while you play that are kind of announcing world events, new world events, I guess. Uh, and which is weird in itself because I'm not really sure how news is traveling. Uh, but nonetheless, one of the things that gets announced often is the you know the the killing of. Uh, indigenous people, the destruction of their their villages, the seizing of their land, uh, including messages that tell you that an entire nation or tribe has been wiped out, which when I saw for the first time and the second time and the third time is very sobering and yeah i i don't even i don't know, i don't quite quite know what to say, but seeing that and thinking about my choice to remain totally meek and unpowerful. I don't have any soldiers or any firepower or any way that I could have intervened where those things taking place close to me uh, made me feel weird. And, you know, I, I agree with this this kind of creeping sense of being implicated in the way that things go. Um, are we? I don't know. Like, is it is it our fault that we didn't grab enough power to maybe stop these things from happening. That, that's a, it's a big question about the way the world works in general. Uh, but it really landed for me when the Spanish swept through and killed everyone in the village, the, the, the native village, indigenous village, right next door to me, who I was maintaining very friendly relations with. And they went in and killed everybody and uh, burned the village down. And there, you know, I could have sent people out to try and stop them, but I didn't because I felt um, like it was hopeless, like I, it would just lead to my people being killed. And like that there, right, is this real, this real nexus of feelings about war and violence and power and morality. Um, have, you, have you run in, into anything like that? Wednesday, the 23rd of November at... 4.42 p.m. Hey, Pippin. It's, uh... Your friend in gaming. David Walensky. 
And uh, I haven't run into exactly what you're saying as far as the specific catalysts or inciting incidents where, you know, somehow there's like this settler era internet that tells you how prices are changing in other nations for various goods. Uh, I've gotten those and wondered where those are coming from, how I'm hearing about it, because I'm definitely not effective enough as a player to be sending the one ship back and forth fast enough to be hearing word. Uh, so I've been hearing more about crops. I haven't seen anything that said entire nations or villages have been uh, wiped out. Uh, I suspect that's what walls are about to come in now, is that other world powers are coming in and they're not going to be uh, as peace and quiet as we are. Uh, so I don't know if <laughs> something about my presence is protecting these tribes more uh, or if that's just about to come and I'm about to have a really ugly play session where just, you know, there's just genocide and genocide happening uh, dispassionately is the word I used before, and I guess that's appropriate. Um, I agree we're playing this wrong, and I think a lot of this conversation is, you know, through this lens we can't ignore of this simulator bringing up white guilt, uh, bringing up this feeling of helplessness, um, and because it's so dispassionate, you know, we can read it in this way of like, well, I wonder if the right way to play is as soon as you get to this other uh, land, you defect from your home nation, uh, accumulate power, and uh, stand with the native tribes. Um, I don't even know if that's possible because I think to fortify properly, you have to start cutting down trees, which will anger the natives. Uh, you have to start, you know, greedily accumulating resources, uh, you know, for everyone else's quote-unquote good. Um, and who are we to judge that? So, uh, I mean, I think maybe it's to be expected that we would get into all of this in discussing Sid Meier's colonization. Uh I guess I'm sort of curious, like, we're hitting on a lot of, I think, the very big marquee subjects. Uh, what are sort of the, the uh, you know, the supporting roles and supporting flavors or notes here that we haven't touched on? Because I want to get into that, too, and uh, I'm going to play more and be thinking about that, too. But, yeah, let me know. Thanks, Pippin. Wednesday, the 23rd of November, at 5.42 p.m. Thursday, the 24th of November, at 2.31 p.m. Hey, David, it's Pippin calling you back. Um, in terms of flavors, this game tastes like economics. Um, and that's because the heart of the game is an economic simulation. Uh, it's all about labor, transforming resources, profiting, um, and, you know, as we've said, even the concept of independence, which is so central to what you're doing, is something uh, produced through labor, the labor of uh, statesmen. 
Uh, and that's why the tasting notes for a game like this are so specific and you can't, kind of can't get away from it. Uh, because there are just these things that are highly bureaucratic economic model which underlies the simulation. There's things that that can do well and there's things that it, it can't do well, like happiness, you know, like, like we were discussing earlier. Uh, but really any emotion, right? Um, Emotions don't really scan that well in a economic simulation, and that's why the affect of the game is so quiet. Um, and it's presumably also why the developers maybe liked to think that the game was essentially neutral, because it feels neutral when you play it, uh, even when what's happening is not neutral, because you know the UI, um, the user interface. The writing, the graphics, um, the way that military units dissolve uh, when they're killed, the way that villages just vanish when they're destroyed—it's um, all derived, you know, it's all designed around this neutrality uh, that comes from uh, it being about economics. Uh, oh, which reminds me, there is um, there is a remake of Civilization uh, in Excel, uh, if you can. Imagine anything more perfect as an illustration of this idea. Uh, that's by a developer called Solly, uh, S-0-L-L-Y. Um, but yeah, this, this economics thing, uh, which, you know, again, is what the simulation is, is why it fails so hard uh, in its representation of indigenous people, right? There's no way for an economic model, you know, the classic Western rational model to represent what they're about. And so all you get left with is the kind of extractive uh, idea of taking things from them or killing them um, to train your troops, as the as the walkthrough suggested. Um, and a lot of these ideas uh, are covered in a in a good uh, book chapter that you pointed me to by Rebecca Murr and Trevor Owens uh, in a book from 2013 called Playing with the Past. Uh, they actually have a blog I've uh, read and in the past, uh, called Play the Past. Uh, that's at playthepast.org. Uh, and one of the things that they point out, of course, is that the quintessential kind of economics-driven evil of the time was slavery, uh, which is not in this game. Thursday, the 24th of November, at 4.08 p.m. Hey, Pippin. I am calling you back on this day, American Thanksgiving. <clears throat> so, uh, this is not, this is sort of a, 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 a weird, poignant <laughs> thing to mention in passing. So, actually, uh, I have run into slavery being in Sid Meier's colonization, uh, which is I've run into the other native tribes... Uh, actually encouraging slavery offering because I guess you can change the jobs at will for the people you're bringing over from the homeland and I guess you know it said something like free colonists there's some class of uh, person that can just most nimbly become something else it only costs again as you said <laughs> on the spreadsheet. It only costs you four fish to turn a man into a fisherman. Uh, well, I guess somehow you can turn people into indentured servants because uh, these native 
tribes were saying they'd happily train my men uh, and I guess that's something else we should talk about too right is everyone seems to be a man except for the woman who tells you the state of things at the top of each turn uh, they say oh well you know if you give us some of your indentured servants we'll happily train your men to be better at XYZ um, so I just want to say like I've run into that maybe you haven't run into that in your play I haven't seen anything like <laughs> soldiers being killed or things disappearing I've still been keeping an even keel at a largely peace and quiet uh, play session I'm now in the year 1608 and uh, I seem to be in some sort of weird perpetual motion stasis where I don't know how I'm still surviving because I don't think I'm doing anything correctly. I think the game is sort of nerfing me, recognizing I haven't made certain moves. You know, I haven't attacked anyone. I don't even think I've been fishing. I've just been peacefully, sort of mainly peacefully, coexisting with everyone. And uh, I thought I was becoming solipsistic to my own detriment because I had depleted my food sources and I couldn't figure out how to get more food and other tribes notice that I don't have food and they keep bringing me food uh, and I seem to be able to persist like this indefinitely so I don't know what's going on I don't think this would make any sense on a spreadsheet but I'm curious to see how it uh, plays out colonization what is going on all right, bye. Thursday, the 24th of November, at 10.08 p.m. Hey, David, it's nighttime, Pippin. I think it's really important to distinguish uh, indentured servitude from slavery. Uh, indentured servitude is not a good thing, obviously, but it's not the same thing. Um, at least to the letter of the law, it's about signing a contract uh, based on being indebted to someone and agreeing to work for them until the debt is paid off, um, which is ongoing to this day. Um, I know about it most of all uh, via uh, people from Bangladesh working in the Middle East in this kind of way where they're forced into debt and then forced to work it off uh, over there. Uh, but it's not its not slavery. I mean, the slave... Clearly, we can't have an entire conversation about uh, slavery in the United States and, and elsewhere. Um, but I do think that they're different things and that the game does not address uh, slavery uh, as it was at the time. Um, returning to the representation of indigenous people, it's, it's interesting, yeah, the, the way that the game <laughs> just uses them uh, in all of these different ways. It's, I mean, it's... I don't, I, again, like as, as has been the case, I don't quite know what to say, but you know, like indigenous people here are being used as a sort of sign of historical authenticity, like they really were there, um, and it's also used as a kind of game experience thing, where obviously they're they're there in essence to be taken advantage of, as we see uh, from the insights given by walkthroughs and then they're being used as a game mechanic right where indigenous people are being used to bootstrap players into the game because whenever you meet them for the first time they give you some land 
uh, and then as you've as you've found and, and as I've found, they also bring gifts. You know, if, whether it's food if you need it or other resources if you need it. Uh, all of these ways to help the player, uh, despite the fact that clearly they're implemented in the game in such a way as to ultimately be fodder uh, for your military military kind of expansion. Um, it's depressing. And on that note, I think uh, the word dispassionate, I think, is tricky uh, because it kind of implies the ability to be rational and see things as they really are and not at the whims of your emotions. But, you know, what this game needs is more emotion, right? Rationalizing genocide and suffering um, is not a good look. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Friday, the 25th of November, at 10.44 a.m. Hey, it's morning, David. And uh, we're, in the mess- we're in the midst of uh, messaging right now, but I wanted to reply to <clears throat> your message from last night. Uh, and thanks for sort of making it a grace note response of clarifying everything we've been talking about so far. I'll get back to my job of making everything cloudy again. So... The question of, like, <laughs> I think we've been talking about this entire thing, and I know time is uh, winding down here on the tape, so we got to sort of get to the point, as it were, because like, we're, I feel like we're, we're um, coming to this question of whether emotions are compatible with simulators, and <clears throat> I feel like on the face of it, you think about it, it's like, oh, well, no, I mean, simulators are meant to be pretty sort of cold and at a distance, but sort of at the same time, the other side of the coin... Uh, very, I think traditionally, you know, we think of it that way, it's like, but they're very, you know, saturated with detail, and at such a technical and impressive level, uh, you know, and out of the gate, this whole season, I've been saying, well, I'm sort of curious in simulators that recreate things one could really do, and obviously colonization is a game where, um, you know, this all happened, and you know, is in motion every day around us, and uh, all I can sort of think of is, in this sort of playing quote the wrong way, every turn I realize I've kind of been breaking the sim, I, I forget when we, when you start the game, what year it first is, but uh, it's 1643 in my play session, I have never reached an end state, I'm not sure if there is an end state, to colonization, the game, uh, as seen by Sid Meier and his contemporaries. Um, I'm in this spot where every turn, although I have three colonies now, uh, the game continually reminds me that uh, I'm running low on resources, but because I've never quarreled with anyone, everyone around me keeps giving me resources, so I'm allowed to just sort of persist in this way of... um, I'm contributing nothing to anyone. I'm not trading with anyone. One by one, I protest taxation from the nation that sent me, and I guess maybe I'm being, you know, disloyal. I'm still paying 0% tax and uh, protestings, and I'm sort of just punishing myself. I'm unable to trade with my own home nation. And yet, like, in a way, this sort of reminds me of Alter Ego. I realize how many years it's been uh, of me playing as the Spanish here, and uh, I'm continually warned I'm going to starve, 
Um, but other people keep giving me food. But it just it reminds me of Alter Ego because it's been decades and decades and nothing has changed socially. Uh, which seems weird to observe through the lens of a sim. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Friday, the 25th of November at 12.39 p.m. Friday, the 25th of November, at 12.40 p.m. Hey, David. Can't believe I missed you, given that we were just messaging 20 minutes ago. Um, well, I played for 300 years, and the game tells you it's over in 1800, uh, but there is a button that says you can keep playing anyway, so for all I know, you could reach 2022. Uh, the big thing I guess I think about at the end of this is, is opting out of this history any better than opting in, right? Um, like, I think, uh, I keep feeling like a limit with this simulation is how it doesn't offer any real opportunity to rethink colonialism uh, and this core idea of rational economic actors leading to hell on earth. Um, you can't escape that paradigm because the game is that paradigm. But on the other hand, maybe there is value to being crushed beneath the boot of that machine. Um, you know, our decision to be harmless and insignificant and tolerated pays off in the sense of continued existence in the game. Nobody comes and kills us. Uh, but as we've, as we've experienced, uh, we also can't champion the oppressed or have any impact on a terrible world. We're just like ornamental hermits, essentially decorative. Bye. Friday, the 25th of November, at 2.17pm. Hey, Pippin. Uh, yeah. Sorry you missed me. Sorry, not sorry. I guess, uh, what can I tell you? I'm a, I'm a busy man. And, uh, <laughs> just really quick, searching for my notes on colonization, uh, brought my computer, thought, and was doing an autofill on the search to uh, my notes on uh, the KFC simulator uh, romance uh, game we played in the preseason. And it was, uh, I thought I was searching for my my musings on the Colonel's herbs and spices, which I suppose also, uh, in no small way, also benefit from colonization and uh, is a, another sort of strange place that uh, Sid Meier's imagined uh hellscape we've been playing through uh doesn't take us to is that we can't uh we can't make our own franchise restaurants uh but what what i mainly walk away from sid meyer's colonization on uh thinking is uh ornamental hermits is a good way of putting it um i actually was sort of repeatedly <laughs> bullied um by the game continually insisting I should be declaring independence because I've got 100% loyalty in all my colonies. Um, so the game was bullying me, but then also the other tribes were bullying me. Uh, something that kept happening was that my settlers were literally never going anywhere. Um, and last night, or two nights ago, uh, a representative of the Iroquois said the Spanish have done intolerable acts against them, and 100 horses were required to make it right. Uh... But I didn't do anything. <laughs> but still, I played along. 
I gave them my horses. It seemed like the least I could do in the scheme of things, eh? End of messages. Thank you for calling GameThing. For more information, please hang up and dial GameThing.life. Goodbye.